Now back to the Midday Grind with Martin and Marlo on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. Anytime you leave, cause darling, I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. So it's gonna be forever, or it's gonna go down in flames. You can tell me when it's over, mm, if the high was worth the pain. Got a long list of ex-lovers, they'll tell you I'm insane. Cause you know I love the players, and you love the game. We young and we're reckless. 12.38 on a Wednesday, one more day, St. Lord. Good baseball tonight. Cards and Reds. Dakota Hudson back on the mound. It's Dirk's here. We're talking hockey. That's the way it is. It's a hockey Wednesday. Hey, we're not bandwagon radio guys. We've been talking hockey Wednesday for at least a few weeks. Years. Before that, you would be here. Years. And we would talk about a lot of stuff, yes. including hockey. But yes. now it's all hockey all the time. Right. Hoff will check the text line at 855-282-8255. Your questions for Strick. We got a game five. If the Blues win, they can bring it home with a potential clinch on Sunday. If not, you got work to do, obviously. Going back to the game four atmosphere. John Ham superfan. Nelly's there. The shots throughout the game, just the energy and the game ends and people stay for a long time. Then when they're leaving, everyone's chanting, We want the cup. It was unbelievable. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be at a lot of big games. Candidly, Lois and I. I mean, <laughs> well, if had got my credentials right, I would have been at more. But, I mean, it's not bigger than the freeze game. It's not bigger than the Super Bowl. But it's right up in terms of, well, in terms of. Oh, because those, those, those were, were clinching winning. games. Yeah. Okay. But it was pretty far up on the list in terms of energy. Yeah. Goosebumps. Just the, I mean, the pure excitement in Amazing the room. Steamers games back yeah, in the right day. Yeah, right up there. Right yeah. Up there. Uh, but what about for you in the hockey community yeah. to see that on display? <laughs> I just like hearing you say that. No, I'm being serious. I, I mean, are. the hockey community that lives it, loves it, that uh -huh. have little kids playing yes. but also support the Blues, yeah. that had to be pretty cool to see well, it on display. This is huge because, you know, I've always said that, you know, I, I bet you 30% of your audience who watch games and attend, I mean, that is your hockey community, honestly, you know? And... So these are the people who have been supporting the Blues for years and years and years. Now there's sports fans and there's season ticket holders and there's diehards. There's the hockey bobs and the, the big owls of the world who have been supporting the Blues for years. Aren't necessarily part of the hockey community, but yeah, yeah you don't you don't want that. <laughs> but diehards. But so they're diehards. So the diehards and the and the sports fans they make up the rest of the you know percentage of the people who have been waiting for this moment who've been watching for years and years and years. And so you feel good for those people. I mean, this means everything. I mean, you know, I've, I've said this so many times over the course of the last week or so. I mean, the Blues have had great teams in the past. I mean, it's not like they've just been a bottom-of-the-barrel franchise. They have a ton of tradition. They've had Hall of Fame players. I mean, the top four winningest coaches in the history of the National Hockey League all have significant history in the Blues organization. Okay? Um, so that tells you something right there. They, they've had great goaltenders. But then that's always been the one position that maybe is kind of missing. Maybe they haven't had the great goaltender at the time when they had a great team at the same time. Who or really the goaltender gets it. injured, like Fuhrer. You, know, you look at years past, they may have been really competitive, but they weren't as good as Detroit. They weren't as good as Colorado. They weren't as good as Chicago. They weren't as good as L.A. You know, when they truly were... you know, Almost good enough. Almost good enough. Now, you can go back to 80-81... 
And you can talk to Mike Leute and Bernie Federico and Micheletti some of these guys. said it still bothers him that Micheletti, that team didn't do more. When they lost to the New York Rangers, a team that I think they were undefeated against in the regular season that year. We did something on it during the 50th year anniversary, just on that team, how good they were. You know, um, was that the best of three? Maybe that was five, but they used to do best. Remember those they did early Norris rounds in the, in the first round? Yeah, they I, would sometimes do two out of three. I'm like, yeah, can you imagine playing yeah. all year and then it's a two out of three? Yeah. So I mean, you know, so they've had right. It's so not that, this horrible so this franchise. Is a, so so you know the 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 hockey community or the people who have supported this team, you know, they've had their their fair share of broken hearts, right? And you just wonder will it ever be? And the Blues became an easy target for people to throw daggers at and to, you know, kind of pick on a little bit. And, um, you know, from a media standpoint, you know, not everybody really wanted to give the Blues the same level of credibility, didn't want to cover the team um, to the level that they were covering other teams here in St. Louis. I mean, the reason why baseball, it's not like everyone just is born, like, just loving baseball because they're just so into baseball. I mean, the St. Louis have a history, the Cardinals have a history of winning. They have a history of Hall of Famers. I mean, and that's what leads to the experience of going to a Cardinals game over the years, what it is. It's because their history of excellence. And that's been the only thing that's missing for the St. Louis Blues is just winning that, 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 you know, the championship, you know, the Stanley Cup. So, you know, winning will just be a complete game changer for the Blues, obviously, but also for the sport. Here in St. Louis, I mean, you're going to have a lot of kids named Gloria, you know, a lot of kids named Gloria, you know, her Boys, being born girls, right now. Boys, girls, you name it. The, the 2019 birth year hockey team in St. Louis is probably going to be absolutely ridiculous, you know, in terms of how good they're going to be, um, you know, moving on, moving forward. But, you know, but in all seriousness, the uh, but what it means for the hockey community, I mean, it's, it's, it's a complete game changer. It's absolutely incredible. Kids are growing up now that years later they'll be at a game giving the finger to the Boston bench. I mean, they, <laughs> these are life-changing moments. I saw Brett okay? Hull do it. <laughs> have, we, have we thought about what, what Andy's going to have to do to make Copa a, being seven years off in his prediction? Yeah, oh, you were way off. I seven said, years, No, Andy. I didn't say they'll win in eight I years. I said, they'll win. I said they'll win within the next you year. Said multi- had you should have said multiple cups. I'm saying, why did you have no, yeah, why did you have no faith in this current front office team? In the next eight but why did you years, have no faith in this current team then? That's well, as a matter of fact, Charlie Tuna asked me when they were last in the league, will they make the playoffs? And I said, yes, we've got to pull that up as well. We are Come getting on. ahead of ourselves. Frank's scheduling the parade for next Tuesday. <sighs> Rock is already calling out Strick on his prediction. So yeah, let's, Still two let's wins left. Tap the brakes yes. there, boys. No, what you did have, I get, you Tubby? Have, you have You're saying, will we have yeah. to do that? Will they win the Cup in the next eight days, Andy? That's more the question. Ooh. How about the uh, column at WEEI, the uh, Boston Sports Radio Station, where it said, headshots, embellishment, whining, blues are now officially hateable. Good for them. Do you see that on that side? Is Boston, is that fans media or one mm-hmm. thing? Do you think the Boston team feels that way? Headshots, embellishment, whining, blues are now hateable. That's well, a media at, column. Listen, Do you I've think done, the Bruins feel that way? I've done their their afternoon show, which, like, I'd never heard of any of these guys, right? The the, the main flagship station for the Bruins in Boston is like 98.5 or something. I've never heard of any well, of these guys. Well, it's a Sully in the Run show. But, but, all, yeah, but, but all of their... Hey, Sully in the mornings. This all, is uh, Sully in the afternoons. But, they, but, they, <laughs> but the, sta- the station has, like, millions of followers. Sure. You know, I mean, we're talking Patriots, Red Sox... The the host that I'm going on with again I've never heard of these guys are like you know monster followings in in Boston and we, and it's gotten I don't want to say heated because it's kind of been in good fun but there's been it's been it's been a lot of debate I mean like going back and forth and yeah there's no question that they don't like the Blues but they wouldn't like 
the San Jose Sharks. No, too, I understand, but I'm asking, do you think the Bruins players and coaches, do they feel that the Blues are kind of whiny and that they've taken cheap shots? Do you maybe, think they feel that maybe, way? Maybe, but I mean, if you look at the discrepancy in, in, in power plays here in the series, I think it was what? 10-4, 11-4, something like that after the first two games, you know? I mean, and then Boston had a ton of power play chances, which they capitalized on in game three. They still had a couple. I think St. Louis had three in game four to Boston's game two. So, I mean, I don't know why they're complaining because they've had the majority of the opportunities in the power play. So, you know, I mean, you could make the argument that the Schwartz tripping call, I think it was a trip, that he that he drew in game four – he probably embellished that a little Vlad's bit. Vlad's hit to the head seemed to be a little Vlad, embellished. Vlad, maybe a little bit. Thank um, you for the support. You look at Marshan, you know, making some contact there with a stick on Bennington after the whistle, something he should probably stay away from. Maybe Bennington went down looking to draw the attention from the, from the from the officials, but there's nothing wrong with that. I love what Bennington's doing. You know, he did it against Dallas, you know, kind of chopping at Ben Bishop and then now, um, you know, kind of bumping with uh, with Tuka Rask, you know, when he was uh, skating to the bench during a TV timeout. This is not out of character for Jordan Bennington. In fact, this has been who he is for a long, long time. I've told this story numerous times, and I confirmed it again the other day, that, you know, Boston last year tried to trade for Jordan Bennington. They wanted to trade for Jordan Bennington. I think the one reason the Blues, I mean, there's a couple reasons as to why they didn't do it. Number one, they needed two goaltenders this year in San Antonio. So they knew they were going to qualify him, especially after he had an all-star season last year, played some great hockey, although he's always been good down there. It's not like he just became good. Um, but also the compensation that was uh, offered, um, I don't think really excited the Blues. It was kind of a one-for-one swap. I don't think they wanted the other goaltender that was mentioned in the package. So, you know, it's just there's so many different storylines here. But, you know, Jordan Bennington has been in a couple of scraps down in the American Hockey League. He's always played with some emotion in his game. And if you're a Blues fan, you got to absolutely love the fact that he plays that way. And he said the other night, they asked him about it. He said, uh, it's just something I did. Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, we know that. <laughs> what were you doing? Say, so, yeah, it's just, uh, just something I did. His teammates love it, too. Yeah, he's not afraid to stir the pot. No. I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, and the captain, best game he's ever played as a blue, or is that getting well, crazy? I don't remember you, well, all of them. You know, who am I? Um, uh, Gordo. Yeah, yeah. well, you know. Listen, you can say that. Uh, I can't remember him playing a game that's better. I mean, he was – because I didn't think he was very good in game three. You know, I mean, he just – listen, he's your captain. He's one of the best players at his position over the course of the last ten years or so. He's got to play that well. You know, I mean, and he just made good decisions with the puck. Now, a couple things obviously worked in his favor. I mean, the second goal from O'Reilly was just a great play in terms of shooting for a rebound, putting the puck in an area where Rask wouldn't be able to glove the puck or control the rebound. And you got to get Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, his hockey sense is such, such a high level. It's not an easy play either. When the puck's coming off a goaltender as fast as it is, and to be able to one-touch that in the net past the goaltender – that's not easy to do. His first goal wasn't very easy either. He made them both look relatively easy. But, you know, you just love the the optics of what you saw from Alex Petrangelo when he's grabbing David Backus and he's playing strong and physical um, and, you know, bringing a level of intensity and emotion that you want to see from your captain, especially when you're defending the front of the net. I think Blues fans for years have loved that style of play, and they want to see that from the captain. They've always seen that from the captain in years past, and when you're getting that from Alex Petrangelo, listen, I think fans, just based on their reaction, you can tell that they absolutely loved it. But he had a couple of points in the game, too, and was just sensational at both ends of the ice.
Uh, and O'Reilly had been a little quiet. I think mm-hmm. some concern. He's got, I don't know what it is. He's got a little something going on. I'm sure we'll find out later. He says he's, he says he doesn't, but you okay. never know. Yeah. I'm convinced that he's got you a little. Are. You are. I am convinced. And it doesn't matter as long as he's but producing. But here's the only thing I'll say about that. And listen, I wouldn't be surprised either. We're going to hear about that from a lot of different guys. You know, um, you know whether it's... Uh, you know, Bergeron on the other side who's got some issues going on, right? I mean, there's a lot of players who are playing through it. When you play every other day in the Stanley Cup playoffs and you've been playing this long, I mean, you're, just, you're not healthy. That's why a guy like Zach Sanford can come in and just look like, I mean, look how fresh he is. And he look like, almost look like he's skating at a different level than everybody else because he's got fresh legs, right? And he's healthy. Nobody's healthy right now. So I will say this about... But Ryan. I would say, O'Reilly, if he is not 100%, like none of them are, mm-hmm. it was incredible to see him get back to a level well, he, he played at he, most he of the year. took advantage of some opportunities. I liked him with Sanford and Perron more so than Blay and Perron. You know, Blay was kind of running around looking to get physical and, and just finish hits. But, you know, listen, at this stage, there's nothing wrong with that. But at this stage of the season, I think he's much a, a much better fit playing with Maroon and Bozak. If you're going to play a top six role and you're going to be on the ice as much as those guys are in the matchups that they're on the ice against, you got to be able to make plays. When the puck's on your stick, you got to be able to make a play and impact the game in that end of the ice. And obviously the last couple of games, Sanford has shown that he can do that. The last game playing with O'Reilly, I think that elevated O'Reilly's game. But, you know, O'Reilly, listen, if he's hurt, he's not walking out of the rink with any type of ice. Right. Um, he's hanging out in the locker room talking to media for an hour after a skate. Instead of being he's right on the ice every day. Right. On the ice every day. I mean, it's not like he's nowhere to be found because he's getting treatment in the back room like a lot of other guys who maybe are dealing with some injury as well. So, I mean, if, if he's hurt, he's he, he's fighting through it on the ice and off the ice. All right, we haven't talked on radio since the interview you did Friday, Hockey Sense with Patrick Berglund, and it's really amazing to me what's happened in his life and it was fascinating and kudos to you for getting him on and then asking him kind of what happened i mean he quit hockey people were worried that he was sort of depressed about life and generally sounded better good for him it's got to be weird though. i know he says he's happy he's still got friends here mm-hmm. that's got to be really hard when you played a decade somewhere yeah. part of the teams that couldn't break through mm-hmm. and and like candidly i'm like i hope it doesn't make him more depressed i was thinking that recently like god what is he thinking watching all this because he wouldn't have been gone if the agent hadn't screwed up. Remind everybody what happened. Well, no, he, he still may have been gone, but maybe he wouldn't have gone to Buffalo. He would have had some because, options. Correct. Because the Blues needed to move his salary to make room for Ryan O'Reilly. Okay? And obviously we're talking about a center iceman in Ryan O'Reilly. Buffalo wants a center in return. Although there was some talk yesterday coming out of Montreal that Montreal... Our Buffalo asked Montreal for three first-rounders, including the third overall pick last year, wow. to to make the trade for Ryan O'Reilly. Oh. So when you figure the Blues gave up, I mean, it's one of the biggest steals in the history of the National Hockey League, when you figure they gave up Patrick Berglund, who's not even Paige there, Saboka, who Sabotka. had a below-average season and really is, isn't with you know the player that he once was prior to him leaving for the KHL. They got fleeced. And, and Tage Thompson, who... Um, you never know what kind of player he's going to develop into. I think he's, he has some ability. And then their first-round pick is going to be the last pick in the first round if the Blues win the Cup, and or it's going to be the second-to-last pick if they lose. Take it on to the fact that it's only a year later after stealing your, stealing Braden Shen from Yorila Terra in a first-round pick. No, but we're focusing on Ryan O'Reilly specifically. Yeah, You know, I mean, it's a— um, Buffalo's got to be thinking, 
And and yeah, what a terrible deal for us. But specific to Berglund, yeah. though, he sounded okay. But I'm saying that's got to be really hard. Listen, it, to it's see not. This. But you know, he told stories in the interview about how he talks to a lot of these guys almost daily and certainly weekly. And the fact that Jaden Schwartz FaceTimes him on game day and does it before his nap. He's so close to a lot of these guys. I mean, Chris Butler is living in his place right now. He's driving his car. Um, you know, he's talking to these guys all the time. And I know there's some discussion behind the scenes right now just from hearing some people um, after the interview. In fact, I got a call from another team the other day who wanted a cell number if he's coming back to play. Although, even though I don't think he's going to come back or he wants to come back to the National Hockey League right away, I think he's probably leaning Overseas. more towards staying in Europe. Um, but I heard from a team in the Western Conference who wanted his cell number because they wanted to reach out to him about potentially bringing, you know, at least kind of get a feel for him, where he's at, where his head is at. But I, I, I get the sense talking to some of the highest of high executives with the Blues that maybe they'll they'll find a way to get him here if it's a clinching scenario for Game 6. Wow. Wow. That's a buzz. And he's a lo- very likable guy. I know I He said he would Uber in hel- a helicopter. <laughs> He I don't said know if he you would, can do that. He said he would Uber a helicopter if that's what it took to get here for the parade if they were to able to close this out. But I know the Blues have a lot of respect for him. You know, that's the thing Let's about start that he company said, though, Uber, he, heli- he, helicopter he, Uber. He Hoover? said that in the interview as well that the only people he's heard from are people from St. Louis, right? And listen, I've been in contact with Bergie since he left Bergie. Buffalo and you know, and I was hoping he would have done the interview several weeks ago, but it actually worked out. The timing worked out great when the Blues are in the Stanley Cup final, and it gave him time to— He's like, Andy, call me when they lose. It'll be easier. <laughs> oh, no, they're still winning. And, and you know what? It, but it worked out, I think, just for him to kind of get himself right, you know, um, because he sounded great. He says he's doing great. But I know the Blues have a lot of respect for him as a person, and they care deeply about him. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he was in the house— if the Blues are in a clinching situation on Game 6, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Strick, great to see you. Uh, maybe I'll see you in Boston. Who knows? We've got a Game 5 on Thursday, Game 6, Sunday night, competing with the Cardinals and Cubs. Strick, how about It's always about cards and no, no, no. Not, okay. not that I night. thought we'd go a whole show. Yeah, I know. I brought it up for that reason. you bring up the Cardinals. Cards and Reds later tonight. Uh, people, can, where could they find that Berglund interview? Uh, is it on 590s? It is, it is on 590s. I, I'm seriously yeah. sitting there thinking it's we didn't on, mention that. You go to radio shows and you click on Hockey Sense. Hockey Sense. You okay. find baseball first. And, and uh, it's gotten a lot of play, though. It's yes. been 590s gotten some mentions uh, in national newspapers across Canada, in the U.S., and Sweden. And and I may re air it tomorrow during Hockey Sense as well, a portion tomorrow? of it. On Friday. Friday, right. sorry. What day, oh, what day of the week is it? Today, you're like Kachuk. Today is Wednesday. Well, every I had, day has become the same. It it's feels weird. Like during this, yeah. this stretch. I know. It's I know. unbelievable. Yeah. These it teams is. that do it year after year and make deep runs, it's crazy. It is crazy. Could you, could, could you take it? Could your heart take it? The anxiety uh, in this town has no. never been higher. No, you're right. I said the other night when we were on television after the game, Bennington famously said, do I look nervous? I said there are about 19,000 people who looked nervous to me <laughs> the entire third period. Even when it was 3-2, I thought I was walking around the concourse. People still looked a little bit uptight. Hey, if you want to loosen up and have some fun, go to Fast Eddie's. Their doors open at 1 o'clock. The tradition continues in Alton, Illinois, 4th and Broadway. Take the Clark Bridge, turn right. You are there. Lunch served. Grills fired up right now. Doors open at 1, Monday through Thursday. Then at 11 a.m., Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, if you haven't been. 
you're missing out. You need to get there. If you haven't been in a while, you need to get back. That's what we'll do, a post-Stanley Cup run. We'll take the gang all up to fast. Oh, we've got to have a player bring the cup by. Can we schedule Ooh. it? So a player Maybe on their Edmondson, day with the Stanley Eddie? Cup brings it to Fast Eddie's. Joel Edmondson. Eddie. Yes, perfect. Eddie needs to bring the Let's cup do it. to Fast Eddie's. You're always having fun. Great food. Coldest beer. Live music seven days a week. Open seven days a week. You will always have a great time at Fast Eddie's. And if the group is two or 20, they've got room for you. Huge parking lot right next door. And again, the grill's fired up right now. Check out the Fat Eddie Burger. Homemade bratwurst. You name it. Great food. And fun people up there at Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. And if you have any tax issues. Well, we have uh, Mark Milton. If you're sideways with the IRS, go ahead and visit his website because Mark Milton is a former Department of Justice Tax Division attorney, stltaxlawyer.com. He provides a local and holistic approach to tax resolution. Do not be sucked into the out-of-town tax resolution groups you hear on television and radio. Mark lives and works in the Kirkwood area. So if you have IRS problems, Visit stltaxlawyer.com today. Remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertising. All right, great show. Uh, we had 10 minutes. We could have been bad, according to Chuck. We didn't even take it up. Strick? Yeah, we have 20 tomorrow. That's perfect. Talk to you soon. I'll talk to you from Boston tomorrow. The hard line is next.